This is a Lodestar podcast created by MK and Associates and your host, Mike King. Our sponsor is Project 44, operator of the world's most trusted end-to-end visibility platform. What we call the peak season is usually August and September and is good destined for the Christmas sales. It's crazy peak season and it's very important to manufacturers as well as to the freight forwarders. The peak season is when everyone makes their money. Hello, my name is Mike King and this is a deep dive Lodestar podcast. Today we're looking at the container shipping peak season. In the freight and logistic media, it's something we reference all the time. It's a time of the year you can sort of hang your hat on as a lead indicator for the state of trade demand. But we are often, I would argue, remiss in not explaining exactly what it is. So today, amongst other things, we'll try and do that. But that's not our only goal here. We're also exploring what has happened to the so-called peak season during COVID. And now, as we start to get a glimpse of what a post-COVID world looks like, we're asking what exactly has happened to the peak season in 2022. And what does all this mean for the future of container shipping seasonality, the ebbs and flows of global trade that we're all so used to? Has COVID even killed what we would call a traditional peak season? But that's getting ahead of ourselves. Let's define exactly what we're examining first. Over to Lars Jensen, CEO of Vespucci Maritime. What's traditionally called the peak season really alludes to the export trades from Asia to Europe, Asia to North America. And what drives this is basically sales in the holiday period leading up to Christmas. So from everything starts to come into the stores in November and then up until December where you're selling all the Christmas stuff. But things don't just magically materialize on the shelves of the stores. There's a whole logistics chain behind it. So in order to get the goods to the shelves in that time, That traditionally means you have a peak season, sometimes beginning in July. Otherwise, you see the largest movements in August and September, because only then do you have enough time to cost efficiently move all the goods to the shelves. So what we call the peak season is usually August and September, and is goods destined for the Christmas sales. That's right. The peak shipping season is about getting everything into stores in time for the holidays. It starts with orders being placed in Asia, mostly in the second quarter and early summer. And it's vitally important to those suppliers and the forwarders that handle those orders, as explained by China-based Kathy Liu, Director for Global Sales and Marketing at Demerco Express Group. It's very crazy peak season and it's very important to manufacturers as well as to the freight forwarders. Because that's the time period that manufacturers receive a lot of orders and they need to do the production. It's also very important to the manufacturer because that's the year, let's say, they can get the highest profit. And the same as freight forwarders, because the imbalance on the demand and the supply creates some chance to make some extra profit out of that. So it's very important for both manufacturing and the freight forwarders to, to catch the peak season. Those orders placed in Asia then result in a flood of cargo arriving into the key markets of Europe and the US, mostly during the third quarter. It's the big annual driver of frontal traffic on the Trans-Pacific and Asia-Europe container trade. 
Now, if you're in trucking or air cargo in those import markets, this is also the start of what becomes your peak season, but just a little bit later in every year. For air cargo, the peak is the last part of this wave, the last minute rush when rates tend to spike in the fourth quarter. But the key point here is that for shippers, particularly retail shippers selling holiday wares direct to consumers, it's absolutely critical. Over to Josh Brazil, VP for Supply Chain Insights at Project 44. The peak season is when everyone makes their money. So it's the final chance at the end of the year to get back in the black and to make all of the profit expectations that either you know large company shareholders are expecting or even small to medium-sized enterprises are expecting for that year. So it's the last chance to, to really make up any losses that you've had for the year. It's super, super important for businesses. And as well as retailers, manufacturers, and forwarders, peak season is also, of course, when shipping lines make their cash. It's important for the shipping lines because this is where you have the largest amount of cargo flowing. So you really have to design the networks to be able to take and accommodate that sheer amount of cargo. For shipping lines, it also has the opposite effect that when we are not in that peak season, you will always have overcapacity because you won't have enough cargo to fill those ships. And that, of course, means for the shipping lines, you need to make sure that you can hopefully charge peak season surcharges because at the end of the day, that has to pay for all the empty slots you then have for the rest of the year where you don't need those ships. As Lars Jensen explained, peak season was when lines clawed back earnings after spending the rest of the year tramping with empty slots. That was pre-COVID, of course, when they often racked up big losses in the process. And pre-COVID, those shipping seasons were pretty much set in stone. We'd have a mini peak in demand around Chinese New Year in the first quarter. Q2 was a seasonal lull when a large chunk of trans-Pacific annual contracts would be signed. And then we'd see the build-up to the peak shipping season. Over to OEC Group's Jason Haith. Pre-COVID, we would start to see buildups of volume in June and early July, and that would really run through about September. Most of the importers in the U.S. were trying to load up on product during that time, and it could be very, very hectic. But of course, that normality for so many years was before the global pandemic. And of course, like so much else, COVID has transformed the shipping year. After a lull in the second quarter of 2020, which left equipment and ships out of position, demand roared back as lockdown saw consumers splurge on products instead of services. As I'm sure you've noticed, this created ocean supply chain and equipment imbalances around the world. We're still feeling the domino effects now. Put simply, Ocean shipping was overwhelmed by logistics challenges, just as demand from consumers during lockdown spiked. Some have argued on the Lodestar podcast that this prompted a two-year peak season. Frantic does not describe the chaos. Not only did shipping costs soar to record levels, so did container line and forwarder profits. At the same time, we had the worst scheduling reliability on record. All of this was compounded by one so-called black swan event simply being followed by yet another. Unprecedented port congestion, unpredictable COVID lockdowns in China, labor shortages globally, the closure of the Suez Canal, war in Europe, take your pick. It all happened in the last 30 months. Stiefel Senior Analyst and Director, Bruce Chan. 
The peak season absolutely changed in the pandemic. And part of the problem was predictability, predictability of supply chains and predictability of consumer demand. So, you know, you had an impact on both sides of the equation there. Obviously much harder to plan a supply chain when you've got disruption and congestion. And when you have government stimulus checks flowing through, you have people, you know, working from home, consumer patterns changing in more ways and in bigger ways than they have in decades. It obviously created a, a lot of challenges for, for shippers out there. And this certainly caught the attention of the world, didn't it? All of a sudden, ocean supply chains came to a halt. Shipping seasonality flattened out quite simply because everything was overstretched all of the time. Peak season became the norm. Rates reached record levels. Boardrooms started to take notice of their supply chains and listen to their freight procurement teams. Shoppers started to care when they couldn't get their new desk, jacuzzi or garden furniture on time or at all. Over to container shipping stalwart and founder of Blue Alpha Capital, John McCown. The pandemic is saw kind of almost a unique situation in the U.S. that we've never seen as much of before. And that's where you would go into in early parts of the pandemic, go into large retailers and you could notice uh, fairly empty shelves. And everybody has anecdotal stories of something they wanted. And somebody said, sorry, I don't have that. I'm not going to have it for four or five months. And, and a lot of this is related to these supply chain issues. As capacity became tight and the price went up, all of a sudden things that were more discretionary somebody would choose not to ship. And then there were also things that just, you know, they were way back in the back of the line. So it really has been a lot of trauma on supply chains across the world. Uh, and, and again, most people aren't aware of it, but prior to the pandemic, when container shipping was operating really with excess capacity, you didn't have these. And, and, and I think a lot of shippers became very used to everything running like clockwork. And now it's the exact antithesis. So it's getting a lot of attention by people outside of the normal uh, supply chain area. But in 2022, spot freight rates on the key Asia to Europe and Asia to North America trades, which tend to dictate the rest of the market, have been in decline for most of the year. The smart money is on contract rates and vessel charter costs going the same way. And, and this is happening now in September, in the midst of what is supposed to be the peak shipping season. So what is happening? Is this a return to pre-COVID norms? Back to Stiefel's Bruce Chan. It remains to be seen whether we're back to normal. I'd say we look more normal now than we did in perhaps the previous two peak seasons. But still a bit different than I'd say how we've been historically. I think a lot of the shippers, the prudent ones at least, being cognizant of how much disruption is out there right now, have ordered early, have built their supply chains up early. People have already shored up their inventories. Now, if demand shapes up to be stronger than we expected, if we see some of these energy and inflation costs moderate and the consumer come back or surge back stronger than expected, you might see some very late peak season moves which obviously would skew things in favor of those low latency modes like air freight. As Bruce argues, the 2022 peak looks a lot different to previous years. Some go even further and simply believe the peak season has been a washout. Steph Loomis, VP for Procurement at US Forwarder Cargo Trends. I would say that peak this year came and went without anybody noticing. Everybody was waiting for it and it never, it never really came because so much freight was moved 
early, the biggest retailers, you know, the big guys, the Walmarts, the Targets had really put through a lot of their early back to school and holiday goods very early. And, and so what I would say about our customer base is the small to mid-sized importers have remained relatively consistent. Our volumes have dropped a little bit, but we still have customers that are nervous and anxious to get their freight in time for the holidays. Um, but what the market is telling us and what the carriers have heard from their largest customers is that there is no more big influx of volume coming. It's, it's going to slowly decline from here. This is a Lodestar podcast created by MK and Associates and your host, Mike King. Our sponsor is Project 44, operator of the world's most trusted end-to-end visibility platform, which tracks more than 1 billion shipments annually for over 1,000 of the leading brands, including top companies in manufacturing, automotive, retail, life sciences, food and beverage, and oil, chemical, and gas. Using Project 44, shippers and carriers across the globe drive greater predictability, resiliency, and sustainability. It's clear that the fallout from Russia's invasion of Ukraine has added a huge dose of energy and food inflation to what was already a hyperventilating global economy fueled by high government spending during the pandemic. The cost of living crisis in the West now threatens growth, and many economies are predicted to enter recession in 2022 and 2023. China's ongoing lockdowns are also casting ominous clouds over its demand for all sorts of imports and over its own economic growth and ability to consistently keep its manufacturing and supply chains open and functioning efficiently. But in terms of demand, let's be clear, this is a two-speed market. Europe is far more negatively influenced than North America by inflation and its economic outlook is far worse according to most GDP forecasts. And that's apparent in the container shipping peak season of 2022 as well. Senators Peter Sand. We feared that the volumes uh, would be lower than, than they actually appear right now. But uh, the American consumers are just, well, still full of uh, purchasing power. So they are still pushing uh, a lot of goods uh, into North America. If we look at what uh, is going on in Europe during this peak season, it's all about congestion and, and port disruptions more than uh, than the volumes being moved into uh, to Europe. Volumes uh, this year are disappointingly low. Demand is simply not there. The headwind faced, especially from the unrest in Eastern Europe, Ukraine, Russia, is impacting European uh, consumers and also European imports to a large extent. So what happens next? The golden question in so many industries right now is what does post-COVID normal look like and who will succeed best in that new environment? In shipping, the answers you get to those type of questions depend very much on who you ask. First up, Demerco's Kathy Liu. I think it will be difficult to be back normal next year. I mean, 2023. We see the economic recession in the US and Europe and also the high inflation rate in both regions which really caused a lot of troubles for the shipping industry because the buying power is not there anymore. Easy sample is that in past two years, we see a lot of business related with e-commerce because people buying a lot from home. They need to work from home or study from home. But this year, those kind of orders are disappeared and the economic business out of Asia also 
not as good as last year's. So we don't see any special sign, let's say, for next year. It will be back the pre-COVID period. I mean, it's still so unclear, like this year. Uh, we think maybe probably there will be no peak season anymore in this year. But we don't know if the situation will continue to last next year as well. While Kathy believes that demand is going to create a new normal, others believe that supply chains are still so disrupted that clearing out current kinks will take time. Those that cope best will thrive. Over to Peter Sand and then OEC's Jason Haith. My expectations are for the normalization of global supply chains still some 12 months ahead of us due to, to all those obstacles that, that you see ahead in, in Europe. And, and those obstacles are just difficult to clear out. The businesses, I think, that end up surviving and thriving in 2023, I think are the businesses that are able to predict inventories. Pre-COVID was a very, very different time, much more predictable in terms of volumes, in terms of production lead time, transit times, delivery. It was all pretty exact science. Um, and all of those pillars of, of business that purchasing managers and CFOs use to really run the day-to-day -day operations, all of those things change. And not just on the logistics side either. Employment has been a huge problem for importers. You may get your product on time, but if your warehouse was supposed to have 20 people and there's only three, well, you're not unloading that container as quickly as you would before which causes the chassis to sit out longer because it takes longer for the container to unload and around and around you go. I don't think the, the COVID problems we've seen have gone away. At best, they've shifted. At worst, I think they're a little more difficult than they used to be, more so from a public perception side. COVID should be over, and from a logistics standpoint, it's not. So more disruption to trade and shipping patterns to come. Will the slew of new ships joining the fleet next year maybe alter that equation? We will see. But when exactly might we see a return to seasonality and a return to the peak season and the lulls and the ebb and flow of the global container trade that we were all used to for so many years and decades even? The final word goes to John McCown. I do think we'll eventually get to that in a more typical seasonal pattern. And ideally, we will have the additional assets and resources where we don't have this, because when you get into this gridlock situation, really everybody loses. Um, well, I, I guess I temper that by saying the carriers might say that they're not losing. They, they like that situation. There, there are some people that kind of point to what's going on now and say, yeah, but um, I know the shipping industry, they're going to they're going to overexpand. They're going to get back into an overcapacity situation, and it's going to kind of go back to the way it was. I've transitioned uh, over the quarters as I look at these numbers. I, I don't think we're going to go back to the pre-pandemic days of where the container shipping industry arguably was the worst performing industry financially, where the results were kind of um, loss-making to break even. A lot of people have observed one of the one of the different dynamics in container shipping and shipping in general, because the exports are so important to many countries that are really kind of export driven, uh, those countries have a pretty major direct involvement in shipping. And many people would say, well, if you're 
a government and you own a shipping line, your main goal of that shipping line is what it can do to, to support the exports and imports of that country. And somebody could argue that if you have lower rates and that requires your competition to follow you, that's achieving that. You know, as long as the shipping company stays around, they're not really looking at maximizing that value. And I think there's, I think there's something to that argument. That being said, many of the companies are, you know, are privately owned, and I think they've had a taste of these extraordinarily attractive financial returns. And I think you're going to see them showing more discipline and, and kind of recognizing, and again, a lot of it goes back to that, that tool we talked about of canceling sailings and blanking sailings. I think you're going to see more of that as the capacity returns. And again, I don't see that fully mitigating that, but I, I do think we're, uh, it's a different future environment for container shipping carriers. I'd like to thank my editing team, the amazing Karen, Ball and Tom Matthews. Big thanks also to our sponsors, Project 44. And gratitude to you all, of course, for taking the time to listen. We'll be back soon.